Let's have one last word of prayer. I'm going to kneel, but find whatever position you're comfortable with. Happy Sabbath, Dad. We are so blessed, so privileged, and so honored to be here. There's so much happening in the world, and calamity is all around us, Lord. We are privileged to live in a sort of bubble here in the United States, and we thank you for that freedom that we have, Lord. We thank you, Father, that we can gather here together and worship you freely when so many others in the world do not have this freedom. Lord, I ask that you be with those individuals, that you strengthen them, that you help them. But even here, Lord, presently, you know that we all have problems. Regardless of the privileged life that we live, we all have issues and things that are stressing us out and we need your help. I want to ask that your Holy Spirit can just come and hug us, take a hold of our minds, emotions, our thoughts. Lord, rebuke Satan and all his demons. May only your angels and your holy presence be here. And may we have humble and willing spirits to hear and receive the individualized message that you have for each one of us, including myself. Lord, hide me behind the cross and let it be you that's heard today. In Jesus' name, God's church said, Amen. I want to welcome everyone once again, everyone that's here and present and also our online viewers. I want to thank Elmer and everyone that's been a part of the whole worship service, everyone in the back. We can't do any of this without everyone that's involved, right? Amen? It's a privilege to be here. I'm super excited. And usually this is a, this is a series that I do, but I was able, with God's help, to compact it all into one message. Amen? Amen. Are you excited? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. Awesome. I'm excited too. So what's the title for our theme today? Facing fear head on. This side's a little quiet, so I'm going to come over here. Facing fear head on, right? Trusting God in the face of loss, death, and adversity. And throughout this presentation, I want you to have an answer to one question. What are you most afraid of? I know it might be scary, but you're in a safe place. Who's here with you? Who's here with you? Jesus. And you can do all things through who? So I want you to think about this. What are you most afraid of? I'll tell you a story as you're thinking about this. For the sake of protecting this person's identity and privacy, I won't mention their name. But a few months ago, they got on an airplane. They had loved flying before. They loved to travel. They had been out internationally all over the place. They loved to go all over does anyone here like to travel? Yes, yes or no? <laughs> Someone might say, well, this is Naples. It's beautiful here, right? <laughs> it is. It truly is. But there's a world beyond where you can see so much more, right? So this person, they love traveling. They enjoyed it so much. And a few months ago, they were on an airplane, and they started experiencing something that they had never felt before. So I'll take you back here. They were going out to visit someone, someone that they actually really cared about, that they loved. And they, they had done everything together, boyfriend and girlfriend. They had traveled and gone over, all over the place. 
They had, they had eaten great food. And the time was coming when this individual was going to have to go. He's going to have to leave. And so you can only imagine the sadness, right? Oh, I'm going to have to leave this beautiful place behind. But I'm excited for the next adventure, right? They might have thought. They get on the airplane. They sit down. They have a window seat. There's two other people next to him. He puts his headphones in, starts listening to some music. Next thing you know, he's asleep. Flight's just going smoothly. Everything is going just fine. And all of a sudden, he, he wakes up. He wakes up feeling paranoid, anxious, panicky, if that's a word. And so he was telling me, he, you know, Angelo, I tried to calm down. I tried to take in deep breaths and just breathe out slow. But he said, no matter how, how much I kept trying to get myself to just calm down, I couldn't. This young man, he, he had a panic attack on the airplane. He stood up, he ran into the bathroom, and he was completely freaking out. He, had, he was literally facing, not by choice, his biggest fear. And I want to ask you again, what are you most afraid of? I'm actually scared of snakes too. <laughs> I'll tell you a quick story. I was uh, training a client in her backyard. Um, I was a personal trainer. And we, we would like to walk around the house. And all of a sudden, I saw this black snake just come out. And guess what I did? I jumped. And she, she's 16 years old. And she just stood there looking at me as if I was the little girl, I guess. <laughs> so yeah, I'm pretty scared of snakes. I get that. <laughs> So we're going to talk about six habits to conquer fear. Remember, this was a whole series, or we've compacted it. We were able to do that into just one. Acknowledge fear, renew your mind, take action, seek support, empathize with Jesus, and what? Let go. Let go. So let's talk about the first one here. Acknowledge your fear. By acknowledging our fears and bringing it before God, we demonstrate our trust in Him, but also invite Him to work within us, bringing us comfort and guidance. And I think every single one of us realize when we feel fear, right? We recognize it, but do we acknowledge it? And maybe for us as Christians, we might think, well, I shouldn't feel fear. That's something that is, uh, is wrong, maybe. I want to show you a Bible verse. David said in Psalms 56, verse 3, When I am afraid, I'll do what? Did David acknowledge his fear? You see, what can be disempowering, I'm reminded of Steve, <laughs> what can be disempowering as we feel fear is allowing it to control us. But all of us are human beings. There's going to be times where we feel fear, but the real crux of it all is, what are we going to do when we feel it? Are you with me? And David said, I will put my trust in you. But that habit is so important because sometimes I don't want to feel fear and I don't want to do the proper steps to overcome it, right? So what do I do? I just push it away. I'm like, no, I just want, I don't want to deal with this right now. Just kind of like put it under the rug, right? I don't want to deal with this right now. 
But that's such an important step, acknowledging your fear. Here's the next part here. Renew your mind. The Bible emphasizes the importance of challenging negative thoughts and replacing them with positive, truth-filled ones. Amen? Look what the Bible says here in Romans 12, verse 2. Let God, read with me, family. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. So how are we transformed into new beings, into a new creation? You can talk to me. Don't be nervous. Interact with me. It changed what? How does God change us? Our mind, but more specifically, what does the verse say? Our thoughts, the way we think, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I want to jump into a rabbit hole right now and tell you all of this stuff about how we how our thoughts really make us who we are, but I'll say it simply. The Bible says in Proverbs 23, verse 7, For as a man thinketh, so is he. In other words, the way you think is who you are. Are you with me? Yes. I'm going to repeat that a few times. Are you with me? Yes. So that you can stay in touch with me, okay? I want to interact with you, with you all here, okay? So number two, renew your mind. So we have to analyze and find what are those lies or negative thoughts? What are they, right? You know, there was a statistic that was taken and it said that we literally don't think about what we think about. Are you with me? Literally almost everything that we do is subconscious. That means that you don't realize why you're doing it. So this habit is so important. Literally think about what you're thinking about. Because that fear isn't just some random emotion that just pops out of nowhere and just overtakes you. It's because of what? Say it one more time. Because of what you're thinking, right? Because of your thoughts. Renew your mind with the truth in God's word. How important is it to spend time with God in the morning? Are you with me? Oh my goodness. And it's not only important, it's so refreshing. Renewing, yes. Oh my goodness. It's like just being with someone that you love spending time with. Your best friend, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your husband, your wife, your kids. You just want to spend time with them. It's refreshing, right? And God's there. He's like, listen, I want to tell you so many beautiful things. I want, to, I want to take everything that's burdening you off of you. But I need you to give it to me, right? I need you to acknowledge it. I need you to analyze those negative thoughts and now replace it with my truth. Let God transform you by changing the way you think. Number three here, take action. The Bible says that faith without works is what? It's dead. It's not alive, right? It's not going to work. Faith without action is ineffective to overcome fear. We must step out in faith and confront the very things that intimidate us. And I hope that by now you've thought about what is your greatest fear. Because here's the next step. You have to confront that fear. There's no way around it. There's absolutely no way around it. It has to be done. But here's the question. Are you doing it on your own? Are you doing it on your own? That's the question, family. Are you doing it on your own? That's right. There's a Bible verse that I I love so much. (laughs) Jesus, as he's about to leave his disciples in Matthew 28, he says, look, I'm with you always, 
even until what? The end of your life or the world or the age, whatever you want to say. Jesus literally said, I will hold your hand and I'll be with you through everything that you will go through. I'm not just going to heaven to have a great old time over there and just leave you. What did he say? I will come back. And not just that, he said, I'm going to send someone to always be with you. And it's so interesting that he titled that divine being as the comforter. The helper. Isn't that amazing, family? That literally everything that you face day by day, moment by moment, you are not alone. Not just the Holy Spirit and Christ is with you, but the Bible actually tells us also about an angel being placed with you from the very day you're born. Isn't that awesome? I used to do door-to-door evangelism. This was years ago. And there were, I mean, it was so much fun because it was people my age, we were going door to door. It was, it was, it was a lot of fun. But we ran, into, we ran into some crazy people, I'm sorry. And there was a story that one of these girls told me. I mean, there are so many, but I'm just going to tell you one that came to mind. They, they walked into a salon. They do body tanning, all that stuff is going on. So they place you in that room and you go in there. And she walked in. Actually, it was a guy, sorry. He walked in. And he had some books. He had, you know, we were, we were passing out books on a donation basis. He was for a student, right? For to pay off his scholarship or to get a scholarship. So anyways, he walks in. He talks to the girl up front. And the girl is looking at him like this. And so he walks in. He's like, are you okay? <laughs> like, are you good? Like, what's going on here? And, and, and she said, the person behind you is so beautiful. He's so tall. And he, and he kind of looked behind, and here's what he did. Here's what's funny about it. I, he realized that she was seeing an angel or whatever it was. So then he, and, his, and he's a really smart kid. So in a moment, it all clicked, just like that. That was a really low snap. But just like that, so he's like, you know what? I'm going to show her all the books I have. <laughs> he takes out all his books. He piles them on the, on the front desk there. And he's like, yeah, that's my friend. Look at all these books I have for you. But they're really good books, like The Great Controversy, Desire of Ages, Steps to Christ, like awesome stuff on health, like it was really going to help her. She ends up taking all the books. <laughs> and he walked out of there and he was like, wow, God, like that was really cool. <laughs> so you literally have this angel that's constantly with you. So you don't have to be afraid when you do what? Confront what intimidates you. The Bible says in James 2, verse 26, For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Here's another wonderful story in the Bible. Who can identify who this is here? It's not that hard, right? David. Now I want to take you to the story of David, okay? Just, just imagine it with me, okay? Don't fall asleep on me, all right? You can fall asleep and take a nap after, okay? Sabbath nap later. All right, so listen. David is literally just going to drop off some food to his brothers that are fighting in this war camp thing, okay? And there is like hundreds and thousands of them, of these soldiers. And this one dude stands up, and I mean, this guy was huge. Yeah, Goliath. You should tell the story for me. He stands up and he literally starts like cursing at them, swearing at them. I mean, just like bashing them. And everyone is super afraid. Who's going to fight this huge giant that's standing right there? And I'm sure all you guys know, you know, what the Bible scholars say of how tall he was and how big he was, right? 
And David comes through, he's just like, you know, just coming through his little slings and his staff, and he's just like, what's up, guys? Just came off to drop off some cheese and milk. And everyone's just like shaking, and, and David's like, what's going on? He's like, well, for weeks or something, I don't know what the Bible says exactly, maybe uh, Pastor Richard can help me out. I don't know how long it was that Goliath was there, standing, telling them so much stuff, right? They hadn't done anything. Because Goliath was literally saying, I want one person to fight me. And if he wins, then all the Philistines will be your slaves. But if I win, all of you will be my slaves. And David's like, are you guys going to let this guy talk about you this way? Don't you guys know who you are? Listen to that key question. Don't you guys know who you are? David's like, nope. He's like, take me to the king. They take him to King Saul. Saul's hesitant. I mean, this, he's maybe 16, 17 years old. He's not this huge soldier compared to Goliath, right? You know the story. He rejects the armor. He doesn't want to put it on. Saul is super desperate, so he's like, you know what? Just go. Just go. And I can only imagine what David is thinking as he's climbing up that steep hill. What do you think? Thank you. Because was David human? Sometimes I've dehumanized characters in the Bible and I have forgotten that they're literally just like me, just like you. David had killed lions and bears, but do you think that he felt fear as he was doing it? There's a little confusion. You guys can study about it later. David's going up there. He gets to this huge giant. And he's like, man, this guy is bigger than what I thought. But what does David tell him? Do you guys remember? Amen. Literally what David said was, yeah, you're huge and you're big, but I know someone that's way bigger and he's here with me. Amen. Are you with me? Yes. He's like, today I'm not fighting in my own strength. I'm not depending on my own skills. I'm depending on someone so much stronger. And you're going down today. And you all know the story. One stone brought down that seemingly unconquerable giant. Did David confront his fears? What did the Bible say in Psalms 56 verse 3? What did David say? When I am afraid, I'll do what? I'll put my trust in you. I wish I could tell you guys so much more about David. I mean, that, that man went through a lot. I'm telling you. He, there's a character in the Bible that went through so much, it literally was David. And I want to read to you a quote here about what we learned from this story. When we choose to confront our fears with faith and courage, with what? Faith and courage we open ourselves up to the possibility of experiencing God's miraculous intervention and overcoming obstacles that once seemed insurmountable. Amen. Are you with me? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I just thought of you, Steve, again. Because you'd be like, in our coaching calls, you'd be like, so what's the possibility behind the fear? Here's literally the possibility, when we're afraid, of literally experiencing overcoming the greatest mountain, the greatest giant. And I want you to keep thinking about what it is that you're afraid of. So you remember that person that I told you guys about in the beginning? My friend? Some of you are really smart, so you probably figured it out. That was me. 
I, I, I don't really do a great job of hiding things, so. But yeah, that literally was me. I was, so some of you might not know, but my girlfriend lives in Maryland. Um, we met through a mutual friend down here. So I was out visiting her in Maryland, and we had a wonderful time together. We were, she lives close to D.C. and Laurel, and we went, to, I mean, we went everywhere. And I was surprised when she took me to the museums that it was free. I guess, I guess I'm just, you know, the really ignorant one here because I had never been there before. So I was like, I have, to pray, I have to pay for all the museums down here. I was like, these are so amazing. I don't have to pay? She's like, no, it's free. Most of them are. So I was like, okay, we're going everywhere. <laughs> we're literally going everywhere. And it was right in season for the cherry blossoms. Who knows what that is? Oh, it's so beautiful. It was really, yeah, it smells really good. Makes you want to put, like a, put them in a flask and, you know, take them with you. Make some sort of concoction to shower with. I don't know. So I literally was there. I was having so much fun. And for the first time, I was trying Indian cuisine. And that's kind of bad because my girlfriend is Indian. So it was my first time. And I really enjoyed it. I really like the food, honestly. It's really spicy. But if you like that, you should definitely try it out. So we were, like, we were just having so much fun. She was taking me all over to these vegan spots because I'm vegan, I'm plant-based, and it was so cool, it was so amazing. I got to meet her extended family, uncles, aunts, her grandma. I thought I was going to have to, you know, this is really ignorant, but that, that, that was my mentality. I thought I was going to have to kiss her feet or something. Um, that's just a part of like, their culture over there sometimes. So you know, I have nothing wrong. I, there's nothing wrong about that. I was just like, I don't know. So anyways. Everyone was super cool. Our friends were fantastic. I had so much fun there. And literally the night before, I had this huge amount of anxiety. I got three to four hours of sleep. I skipped breakfast the next day. This was literally the night before my flight. I didn't drink any water. And I got on that airplane put those headphones in, and I woke up and literally was, was experiencing a panic attack. And I had never felt that before. So I was like, what's going on? I can't breathe. I, f I feel like I'm going to literally die. And I, and I was, you carry this sort of shame, at least I did. I can't tell anyone. <laughs> I don't want to scare anybody else. I don't want them to have the same fear that I have. I don't want them to look at me any differently. So I stepped out of the bathroom, and I told one of the flight attendants, I said, oh, I'm just feeling a bit claustrophobic, but I tried to really keep my cool. Feeling a bit claustrophobic. And he just said, it's OK. It happens to all of us. And he just walked away. <laughs> Believe it or not, so I'm a certified mental health technician. I've studied a lot about this stuff. Believe it or not, he did exactly what was right for me in the moment. He literally made it seem like it wasn't a big deal. So why did I have to be afraid? So I sat down in the back, and I just started focusing on God's word. And I just began praying and praying, saying, God, you're here with me. I don't need to be afraid. You said, fear thou not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. I will help thee. I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of what? Power and of love and a sound mind. How important is it to renew our mind with God's word? And I still felt that fear, but I was able to calm down a bit and finally fall asleep. But guess what happened every time after that? Every time I tried to get on an airplane, guess what happened? Oh my goodness, now I'm going to have another panic attack. I can't, I'm not going to be able to breathe. I'm going to start freaking out. All these thoughts started going through my mind. And I think God's so cool because he allows for things to happen that we don't want to go through, but he knows it's for our best. Are you with me? So literally after that, I've had to go on maybe like four flights. That was just maybe two months ago. So I've had to do what? Face my fear. 
And for anyone that's gone through a panic attack, they know how scary that is. And by the way, here's a really fun fact, but 8 to 12-year-olds during COVID were being taken into the ER because they were having panic attacks. So if we think this is just something that can happen to us, it literally can happen to our kids. It's a real thing. It really is. So my huge fear is that that plane is going to crash, that I'm going to die, and I'm going to go to hell. That I'm going to be separated from God. And yeah, I, I, when I say it out loud, I want to laugh about it because it sounds ridiculous. But in my head, it's so real that I'm literally living it. I'll get back to that. Here's the promise that's helped me with so much. Because my fear is concerning death. But so many of us here, and even myself, have experienced the fear of what is going to happen in the future? Are you with me? That's literally where a lot of our anxiety and worry comes, is us not living present in the moment, and we're living in this other world that hasn't even happened. It's called a false sense of future because you don't even know the future. Does anyone know the future here? Right. You know some of the future, right? According to the Bible. <laughs> For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of what? Peace. To give you a what? And a hope. As my really good friend Mary said, the opposite of, the opposite of fear is hope. Because fear literally robs you of your hope. It robs you of your joy. Two, and it paralyzes you. So in that moment, family, you got you to gotta realize, when you're worried or anxious, when you're facing adversity, adversity, loss, whatever it is, you have to realize and you have to recognize that you still have hope. That, that was like two amens. The Bible literally gives us the solution to all our worry and anxiety, all our stress. And he, and he does it in the funniest ways. Jesus is talking to this multitude, and he's like, consider the lilies. He's like, think about flowers. He's like, Solomon, literally the richest person that was alive, wasn't even able to dress like them. Think about the birds. I provide for them. Why are you worried about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, where you're going to live? People that don't believe are worried about that stuff. You don't have to be worried about that. That's what God told me this morning, by the way. He's like, Angelo, you don't have to worry about that. I'm going to provide for you. And I want you to notice that there's this, there's this really cool quote. I'm going to read it to you now. It comes from a book called Thoughts from the Mount of Blessing, and it says, when we take into our hands the management of things with which we have to do, are you with me? There's things that we have to do, and depend upon our own wisdom for success, we are taking upon ourselves the responsibility that belongs to God. Now, God's an eternal being. Are you trying to carry his weight on you? <laughs> That's why, that's why we feel worry. That's why we feel anxiety. That's why we feel stress because we're literally trying to carry this huge load on our backs that we can't carry. It's going to break us. We may well have anxiety and anticipate danger and loss for it is certain to befall us. Without God, we cannot live. <laughs> that's where this all started. Satan pulls up and he's like, hey, you know you can live without God? You know that you were actually made to be God and be in his place? And that's literally the same temptation that we're falling for today. I can be God. I can do whatever. I don't need anyone. And it's going to break us. But here's the really cool part. But when we really believe, notice that word right before believe, really, really believe that God loves us 
and means to do us good, we shall cease or stop worrying about the future. We shall trust God. This, oh my goodness, I love this quote. We shall trust God as a child, trust a loving parent. Then our troubles and torments, oh my goodness, is fear tormenting? Will disappear, for our will is swallowed up in the will of God. Do you think your kids are worried about if you're going to feed them? Or if they're worried about the, the, the next day, they're like, oh my goodness, what if mom and dad like, don't want to give me a roof over my head? Or, oh my goodness, I, I wonder if mom and dad will just give me like $5 to go buy like a soda or something. I don't know. Like, or do you think they're worried about that? No. I'll tell you that God just doesn't want to provide for our needs. And I promise I'm, about to, I'm going to finish up probably soon. God just isn't invested in supplying our needs. But the Bible says, In thy presence is fullness of joy, and at thy right hand are pleasures forevermore. God wants to pleasure you in a pure and holy way. Amen? God doesn't want to just give you what you need, but also what you want. (laughs) I want to tell you a story, but for time's sake, I won't. (laughs) <laughs> You're going to have to find me later, work, later and, and ask me about it because I have to keep going. Here's the other habit. Seek support. This is, I mean, this is so important. God did not design us to walk through life alone. Surround yourself with fellow believers who are going to encourage you, support you, and hold you accountable in your journey to overcome fear and in your journey as a Christian, I might add. Oh my goodness, it's so important. Iron sharpens iron. That's a Bible verse. If you want to be strong, you have to surround yourself with people that are literally going to make you strong. All of us bring a sort of vibe and energy into the the room and into um, other people's lives. And if that's a positive one, do you think you'll be positive too? It'll sure be a, a great encouragement for you to do so, right? It's so hard for you to be negative when there's five people around you being super positive, right? Seek support. Don't be prideful. Find that person that can help you, that you can trust, and be like, hey, I'm going through this. Pray for me. And offer that to other people. Like Danielle said, like, just talk to them. Ask them how their day is, what challenges they faced. How can I pray for you, right? Are you with me? Amen. Empathize with Jesus. Here's the other habit. Jesus identified with our pain, our fear, and sense of loss. And you might ask, how? Sometimes, throughout my journey as a Christian, I've made Jesus callous. I've made God more callous than human beings. Now, what do I mean by that? Sometimes, I've fallen for the lie that, you know what, God's somewhere in heaven. He doesn't care about everything that I'm going through. He doesn't feel what I feel. Can I tell you an awesome verse in the Bible? It's found in Isaiah 63, verse 9, and it says, In all their afflictions, in all their sufferings, he was afflicted. He suffered. That he is God. Literally, everything that you are being afflicted with, every suffering that you're facing, he feels it too. When you cry, God cries too. When you go through loss, he feels that loss as well. And Jesus had probably the toughest life out of everyone. And remember that part that I told you that sometimes I made Jesus callous more than human beings? We know that Joseph wasn't his biological father, but he grew up with him. He loved him. And Joseph passed away. Was that hard for Jesus? I believe it was. I believe he felt that loss. And if you want to dive in a little bit deeper, when you you enter into Gethsemane, into that garden where Jesus is literally on his hands and his knees, God is on his hands and his knees. And he's saying, take this away. I don't want to deal with this. Because he's feeling all of the, the worst of the world coming on him. 
And He's taking it all from you and me. All our guilt, all our shame, all our anger, our bitterness, everything evil that the Bible likes to describe as sin, He's now taking that upon Him. And He feels the separation from the only being that has always been in His life no matter what. Do you know who that is? God. God had always been there. And now he feels that separation. And he's like, God, where are you? He's at the cross and he's like, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He's literally feeling that sense of loss. Can Jesus identify with you? Was Jesus tempted to be afraid at that moment of death? The Bible says Jesus was tempted in all ways, yet without sin. So he was tempted in every way that you have been and that I have been. So those and more and those thoughts must have come into his head. What if I don't make it to the other side? What if I never see God again? What if this is worth nothing? My disciples have left me, abandoned me. I'm leaving my mother as a widow. Can Jesus identify with us? And here's a really cool thing about this habit. When you empathize with Jesus, you're focusing on how does Jesus relate with my situation? And now your view, your perception is being taken off of yourself and it's being placed on the one that can give you salvation. Does that make sense? Isn't that cool? So if you literally think about when was Jesus tempted to be afraid of dying? That was my fear of being on the plane. I looked at him at the cross. But guess what? I don't only find that Jesus identified with me. I also find the solution. Because what I'm believing is a lie. The reality as a believer for all of us here is that death is just a transition into eternal life. Amen? Amen. What if you looked at death that way? Hmm? You're literally just going to see Jesus face to face next thing you know. It's, it's just like going under. You have no idea that you're going under. And next thing you know, you wake up and it seems as if no time has passed. And you're like, I'm good. <laughs> What's up, guys? You're literally going to see Jesus face to face. That's the next thing that you're going to know. What if you just focus on that? The next thing I'll know is Jesus face to face. That's so amazing. We can find solace in knowing that our Savior understands our deepest emotions and walks alongside us in our darkest moments. Here's another really quick tip. I promise it's even for myself. You don't need to say anything when someone is going through a hard time. Sometimes I've tried to come up with the right answer when someone's going through a difficult time. All you have to do is walk alongside them. Just make them some food. Just spend some time with them. You don't have to say anything. (laughs) Just be there. And that means so much. You all know it too when you've gone through a difficult time and you have someone that's just there whenever you need them. Amen? Amen. This, This is the last habit here. Let go and let God. I know that might sound cliche, but it's true. Let go and let God. And I, and I place those two words in yellow for a specific reason. Because when you let go and let God, you're literally saying, go God. That's what you're saying. Go God. I'm not going anymore. You're going. I'm not going to deal with this issue. You're going to deal with it. I'm giving it up to you. You can take it. I can't deal with this. I need you to just take it from me. And as we surrender our burdens, have you ever been, okay, I want to take you guys back, some of you here, okay? Remember when you were in school and you had this heavy backpack? Nope. Well, the kids nowadays, they have to carry as well, like a tablet, right? They don't know what it's like, the struggle back then. But there were some kids, literally, back in high school, I'd see them, I went to Naples High, they'd run across the field with these big backpacks like this, like... And I was like, oh my goodness, their lower back must hurt so bad. 
if not now, in 10 years. Imagine someone just coming and taking that huge load off your back. Or when you're carrying something super heavy, have any of you guys moved before some heavy furniture? You just moved, right? And someone just comes along by and just takes that huge TV out of your hands. They're like, here, I got this. That couch, whatever it is, that's literally what you're doing when you're surrendering, when you're just letting go of your burdens to God. You can find rest and assurance that His love and care for you are constant, unchanging, and everlasting. God's, not, not, God's just not going to appear one day and be like, I'm done with you. I don't want to carry your stuff anymore. He's literally unchanging, everlasting. He is constant. You can always depend on Him. Isn't that amazing? There's a, a really cool thought, too, that I've, that I've had in the past. As much as I love the people that are close to me in my life, I know that they might not be in my life forever, as far as while I'm here on this earth. Are you with me? But I know that God's never going to die. God's never going to pass away. God's never just going to disappear and walk out of my life. He will always be there. Isn't that so reassuring? Trusting in His perfect love, we can navigate life storms knowing that He is with us, providing comfort, strength, and peace. So now my view, when I'm getting on the airplane, and by the way, I just flew back three days ago. I don't know how much time I have, but it's 12.33. I promise I'm always going to be done. Two day, about three days ago, I flew back in from Maryland, and I literally almost didn't get on that flight. I was about to tell my girlfriend, I can't do this. This time, it just seemed too unbearable. I was so afraid. But something told me, Angelo, eventually, you're going to have to go on a flight and go back home. Are you always going to have this fear? Are you just going to get in your car and have to drive everywhere because you'll never fly again? And I was like, yeah, you're right. So I, I, I got into the airport. There was a huge line, and I was like, great, I'm going to miss my flight. And I was on the phone, I was like, hey, babe, like, there's a huge line. I might miss my flight, so just hang out around D.C. And one of the girls in front of me was like, hey, do you need to get in front of me? I heard you on the phone. I was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> the line is going by super quick. And I'm wearing my, my who's ever seen The Chosen? Ever seen that? Yeah, I'm wearing my Binge Jesus shirt. And so people are like telling me, oh, that's from the chosen, like, oh, Jesus and all this stuff. And I'm like, man, I'm over here freaking out. And I have this shirt on right now. So I get up to the security guard. He's like, hey, man, we need more of that in our world. I'm like, yeah. I'm trying to be all excited. <laughs> and, we, and we get to a line. I'm taking off all my stuff. And I'm like, there's an there's a older woman next to me. And I'm like, do you need help with that? Do you need help with that too? I'm, tr I'm trying to buy time here. <laughs> and so I'm putting all my stuff there. Finally, we get through. I'm like, man, my gate is all the way over there. I'm not going to run. I'm just going to walk. <laughs> Usually I run. Like, oh, I don't want to miss my flight. You know, that's money. So anyways, I'm like, no, I'm just going to walk. And I get there. And I'm praying the whole time. Like, God, just place me next to someone, like, cool. Someone that can help me. I don't know. Just someone. And I get to the front, and the gentleman up front tells me, listen, there's a woman at AF that has your seat, that wants your seat because her kids are there. So do you want to switch with her? And I was like, yeah, sure. And I was like, man, I hope it's not a bad seat. I'm going through, now it's, it, spaces are getting tighter, and so I'm going through, and, and uh, I see the, the woman there. I'm like, okay, cool, you can sit down there. Um, and I end up sitting right next to someone that I notice has a bracelet. And guess what the bracelet says? <laughs> Literally, something like that. It said Jesus. I forgot what it was. Jesus saves, I think. And I'm like, yes, a Christian. 
<laughs> and on that flight, God literally took my mind off of myself, and for two and a half hours, I was literally, Steve, I was coaching this young lady next to me. I was literally, God was using me to help her to come to some insights and realizations about her relationship, about her life. And it was so refreshing. I literally forgot about my fear. I got her number, and we, we're going to actually meet in August, so pray for that. My girlfriend, myself, and her boyfriend, everyone, we're all going to meet and get together, and we're going to talk. I made a friend. And I saw that God wouldn't allow, have allowed me, or I wouldn't have never met that young woman, maybe, if I wouldn't have gone on that plane, if I wouldn't have faced my fear. So the question is, what is the possibility of you facing and conquering your fear? What's open? What can that create for you? For me, it was like what Steve was talking about last week, a life of freedom. I don't have to be afraid, I'm free. So now when I'm getting into that flight and I'm tempted to be afraid, I'm like, you know what? Yeah, even if I do die, like it's cool because I'm going to resurrect, I'm going to fly around, and I'm going to live eternally with Jesus. Amen. I don't have to be afraid of this. But at the same time, I'm telling myself the truth. I don't know the future. It's a low probability. But even if it does happen, Jesus has my back. So conclusion, let us be a people who will face and conquer fear head on. What was the title of our message? Facing fear head on. What are you most afraid of? I hope you came to an answer to that question. And how can God help you overcome? That's the question I want you to walk out with today. I want you to think about that. And I want you to remember those six habits. Acknowledge your fear. Renew your mind. Take action, seek support, empathize with Jesus, and let go and let God. Thank you so much.